0: Hello and welcome to Fun Problems, the problems of fun. I'm Peter C. Haywood. I'm AJ Brandon. And this is a bonus episode because we've had so many tech problems lately, we've been missing episodes. So we wanted to make it up to everyone with smooches and cuddles. And then AJ was like, well, that's going to be a problem in, in the time of Corona. So we instead decided to go with a bonus episode. AJ, what are we bonusing about today?
1: Today we're talking about the title of a new coffee bean game, current working title robots
0: robots is and i'm going to be very immodest here for a moment my favorite design i like it so much my current favorite published game is village pillage and it has been for what, four years since it came out uh not to say that there are other games anything less than amazing but village Pillage just holds a special place in my heart sometimes a project just works on all the levels and it's very lovely and village pillage is that for me i think by this time next year it'll be like fourth place we have so much cool stuff coming out
1: well you think you will be fourth place on bgg's top 100 <laughs> you heard it here first folks
0: <laughs> and if it isn't i will just i will burn the site down i will <laughs> destroy everyone in my path guys go vote village pillage 10 out of 10 on bg and it's you know village village is the kind of bgg crowd game i think it's the kind of thing that could easily hit the top 10 uh that is a joke they like very heavy games and it is extremely light but working title robots is going to overtake it. I love this design. I think it's very fun and I'm too close to it describe it. So AJ, do you want to give us a brief synopsis of the mechanics of the game?
1: Sure. Now, it's actually been a very long time since I've played this. So it's uh, possible it's changed a bit since the last time I played it because that would have been in person at least a year and a half ago.
0: <laughs> if it helps, I took a year off game development. So i uh,
1: <laughs> very unlikely <laughs> i have
0: seen any changes in that time.
1: Fair enough. Uh, Robots is a game where it's a worker placement and you've got different types of workers. And in this game, the different types relate to how you can place them on the board. So you've got a board setup of these hexes and some of your workers you can place directly onto the hex to get the bonus, like most other worker placements. But then you've got different types that can place either uh, on the cross section of two, getting you the benefit of both, or in the intersection of three hexes, in, in a special case. Each of those robot. And Am I missing another one? I feel like I'm missing another one.
0: Uh, there is also a type of robot that can be used on one space or two spaces or three spaces.
1: Right, the wild one. So you're doing typical engine-buildy worker placement stuff. You're gathering resources. You're building your little combos. One of the cool things about it is the way that you retrieve your workers. I always think that the way that you retrieve workers is a real opportunity in worker placement games to do something really cool and interesting. And there's been a big push to remove rounds from that, from the like cleanup of picking back up all the workers. And I think that robots does it very well. In your opinion, it's the number one selling point of the game. Do you want to go over that? Because that's uh, that's kind of your baby and you'll get mad at me if I say it wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: if it helps, I'll get mad at you anyway. I'm just a furious, furious <laughs> man. So in robots, you are playing as robots who work in a robot factory and the robot factory makes robots. And the robot factory is overseen by the master. The master robot is how workers get cleared off the board. So in most worker placement games, you'll place workers and then take them back either at the end of the turn or at some point during the game. In robots, once a worker goes out, it's not yours anymore. So there's four colors, which are the four types that AJ mentioned. And once you've put it on the board, you don't own that worker anymore, which is very unusual for a worker placement game. Normally, you know, they're your workers that you own. Instead, in this one, you'll just generate new workers. And the way that they get cleared off the board is the master robot, who is this big mini, kind of goes around and lands on a hex and clears every worker on that hex and every worker touching that hex. So they all get removed off the board. And this is the cool part. If you are the one who moved the master robot, each of those robots that got cleared gets turned into cubes. So thematically what's happening is the master robot is coming along and just crushing all the workers into cubes, which you then spend as resources. For you, the benefit is like, oh man, that spot's really popular. If I can move the master robot to that spot, I will suddenly get a bunch of cubes.
1: Right, and so apart from that, it's I don't want to I don't want to be dismissive about it, but it's kind of standard fare in terms of like the resource generation, everything. As you pointed, out, the one big difference is that uh, you don't retrieve your workers. You have uh, little manufacturing cardboard discs. And so, and so you would like place new ones to like sort of regenerate them or rebuild them after- Yeah, you've
0: got these little generators that provide you with a workforce that you put out, they get crushed into cubes, use these cubes and you can often turn them into, you know, power for the generators and get more robots. It's, it's very sickly. As mentioned, it's a game I'm very proud of. You're 100% correct in that the rest of it is fairly standard. And that's because originally <laughs> the rest of it was very complex. Having this kind of complex worker placement and retrieval system and a complex game on top of that was just too much. And everyone who played it was like, Peter, this is two separate games. And so the first two coffee bean games we're releasing, Cartouche and whatever we end up calling Robots, actually used to be one game.
1: And for the record, like I said, I wasn't trying to be dismissive in any way. Like you said, it's important to keep things easily grokkable. You know, if you have a million different systems in the game, you just have mechanic soup and it becomes very difficult to parse. And I think it was very smart to separate two really good, interesting things into separate games so that you could focus on each of them. As I've said in the past, Robots is also my favorite game that you've designed, and it's my favorite worker placement, maybe behind Targi. I really love Targi, but Robots was phenomenal.
0: I've not played Targi.
1: <laughs> so good, right?
0: I, I've not played it. I should check out Targi.
1: Oh, I, I thought you said I love Targi. You said you haven't played it? Never played it. Oh, we have to play it.
0: Yeah, I'll well, have to put it on the list.
1: Maybe after we're done here, if we have time. <laughs> but oh, it's so good.
0: Uh, we, we've mentioned in previous episodes, this great uh, maxim for creative work generally, which is 50% new, 50% familiar. And obviously when they were both one game, it was 100% new, and by literally <laughs> making half of it familiar, it, it's turned into a really nice little game. I'm really proud of it. But it's always had two problems. One problem was that the victory condition was a little bit confusing, and in my call with the developer the other day, we've hired John Briger to do external development on it, he fixed it. We had a call, and he was like, hey, you know this problem that you've always had? I fixed it. I was like, What? That's amazing. So that problem is solved. We don't need to talk about that any further. Hooray. But the relevant problem is that the name is not very good. (laughs) Robots is a bad name for a few reasons. Do you want to go into why it's a bad name? And feel free to tear this apart. I have no emotional attachment to this name.
1: The first thing is it's very generic and non-descriptive. It's like I could call my game cat or I could call my game table. (laughs) The the word itself, Robots isn't as bad as those, obviously, but it's just so non-descriptive that it doesn't help the audience attach to anything on it. Because it's so generic as well, you also have people not just not being able to understand it, but it doesn't grab their attention. The best titles are something that's shocking or interesting or something that begs a question to be answered.
0: Or or just a little bit catchy and like sticks in your head.
1: Yeah, that one's a bit harder to materialize, I think, just in terms of like concept of of, like how you make something catchy. You know, It's, it's harder to... To sort of lay down brickwork for it but you're right you're absolutely right
0: well let, let's, let's just go through some of the jellybean titles and uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: so v- village pillage as mentioned is my favorite game and that i would call a catchy title like you hear that it just kind of sticks in your head and you're like village pillage yes like you remember it it's got a nice rhyme to it it's got the right tone for the kind of game it is it's like a little bit silly a little bit rhymey that's a very nice name our first published game was called scuttle all through development i wanted to call that one 21 doubloons i was like The victory condition of that game is to be the first to get 21 doubloons i want to call the game 21 doubloons i found out later i was the only one who liked that name and honestly the only reason i renamed it because right before we were due to launch 12 doubloons came out which is a totally unrelated game (laughs) really yeah same same numbers just in a different order same numerals just in different order so i had to rename it and the the game that was based on was called cuttle so i was like well scuttle is a pirate term so he called it scuttle and i think scuttle is one of those catchy titles too i honestly don't love scuttle but People remember that title for reasons that have never quite made sense to me.
1: It's interesting. I think Scuttle as well is a bit catchy, but it is also hard for me to think of like exactly why I think it's like a cute one. I think it's just because the word Scuttle does feel really cute and the art is really cute. And like you say, it's tangentially related to pirates. So it's got a lot of small, subtle connections into it. It's definitely not the type of title that would pop into my head as like best of all time or anything. It's definitely above serviceable for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, One of our most popular games is The Lady and the Tiger, which honestly is one of my favorite titles as well. And that one's a bit of a gimme because do you know what that's named after, actually? I would bet that you'll get this wrong.
1: It's after the short story, The Lady and the Tiger, where a woman has to choose between two doors and there's a tiger behind one of them that will eat her if she guesses wrong something like that
0: (laughs) no and that's a completely reasonable guess that's kind of how we market it that story is called The Lady or the Tiger and it's Uh, it's about a man who has to choose between two doors one is a woman who has to marry the other is a tiger that will eat him it's a really good short story Frank Stockton from the 1800s it's it's phenomenal I wanted to actually print that on one of the tarot cards and just have it be really tiny but I was talked out of that I thought that would be a really fun thing to do no it's it's named after the They Might Be Giants song which in turn is based on, the, on this, <laughs> the short story so we modeled all the art and everything like that from the short story but the title the lady and the tiger is actually the name of a they might be giant song which is also inspired hmm. by the same short story
1: That's a cute little Easter egg.
0: Yeah, so that title works as well. Something about the rhythm of it that's really nice. It's hard to put your finger on, and this is why it's so hard. If it was a formula, then everyone would just do it, and then we'd need a new formula because everyone would be sick of the formulaic
1: titles. Well, for the record, if you had called it The Lady or The Tiger, I probably would be criticizing it. I think The Lady and The Tiger is much catchier.
0: Yeah, it works much better. So... Obviously, names is very important when you're branding a game. It's one of the key things in the brand of a game. And it's not like I haven't thought about this. I've been working on this game for literally years at this point. As mentioned, AJ played an almost finished version of this game 18 months ago. And I was working on it for quite a while before that. And yet, this working title of Robots has stuck all that time, simply because we never found anything better. Until today, AJ, our task, (laughs) and you must accept it, this is not a choice, is to come up with a better title for Robots. So... How do you come up with the title? What what do you do? What are the steps?
1: So for me, I think about two main branches of things before sort of working on that. Branch number 1 is the feel of the game, the tone of the game. So like you mentioned with Village Pillage, that one was supposed to be a bit lighter, a bit sillier, you know? It's a very cartoony game and like yeah, you're you're fighting with mercenaries, but it's like a playful thing like kids like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take <laughs> your toy and then you're going to have to like" You know, come and sneak it back from me or whatever. Kids play cops robbers, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so for for that one, the the tone matches the title perfectly. If we were talking about something like Blood Rage, well, in Blood Rage, that's supposed to be a hyper-aggressive Viking bloodbath, right? Well, Blood Rage is a perfect fit for that. It doesn't sound playful. It sounds violent. It sounds hyper-aggressive. It really gets across the tone of the game. And so branch number one is tone. And then branch number two is how does it connect with the actual mechanics of the game? Does this actually tell me what the game is about? Because you can have a good title that doesn't actually inform you anything about the game or worse, leads you down the wrong path entirely. There was a a game called Food Truck Champion and it had very cartoony art and the name itself sounds, you know, not like super light but it doesn't sound like it would be heavy right yeah
0: there's almost a joke in there like food trucks are not something that are competitive and so the idea of a food truck championship contains an inherent contradiction that makes it lighthearted.
1: exactly so that game is actually a glory to rome clone which is one of the most heady cerebral (laughs) games i have ever played in my life and so if you look at um, actually import export is another glory to rome clone but not only Is that a super dry name? It also, the art style and everything, it was really trying to telegraph what it was. And obviously we're not really talking about art style right now, but that's to give you an idea of how one company saw what the game should be representing and did it that way. So we got those two branches to think about, and then all of the other things that we were talking about, like the, the catchiness of the title and things like that, those sort of hang off of those two main branches. So we can get into that more as we as we think about this a little bit more deeply.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good summary. My process for coming up for a name is typically powerthesaurus.com, which I live on. I think I've put you onto mm-hmm. powerthesaurus.com because it's just, it's the best thesaurus because it's crowdsourced. It's like Wikipedia is the best encyclopedia because you don't have a, a dedicated, like team of four people updating it. This is just... Anyone can contribute, and then it's kind of democratically decided which are the best synonyms, etc. And so it keeps up the language, and it doesn't require you know the work of individual people to stay up to date. So, and also it's got pages and pages and pages of synonyms, and they get you know less useful as you go on. But sometimes that connection is all you need. So I use Power Thesaurus, and so I'll type in something like robot into Power Thesaurus and pull it up, and be like, oh, okay, here's a bunch of stuff, or. I mentioned that this game is kind of about the master robot going around and crushing people. So for me, it's it's the story of a rebellion. Now it's not a very thematic game. It's a very Euro-y kind of game, but the goal of the game is to overthrow the master robot. And that gives you a rebellion kind of tone. So I type in rebellion to power thesaurus and I'll type in electricity or cog or anything that I can and just look at those and see if anything sparks. And it's obviously, you know, like all creative processes, there's not a set way you can do it, but I just tend to load up lists of words, look at them until something clicks in my brain. And after three years of working on this, nothing has clicked for this game particularly. <laughs> <laughs> so if that fails my second step is to outsource so often i'll use twitter if you're not following me on peter c haywood on twitter you can follow me and i update sporadically about board games writing and i retweet a lot and it's a fun time but I will sometimes post like, hey, here's the theme of this game. What should I call it? And people find it really fun to just contribute ideas and thoughts. And from that, I've, I've named games before. I've named prototypes and possibly even published games because it's just a really nice way of being like, oh, yes, you know, the wisdom of the masses. So for this one, we did something similar to that, except we did it internally. So we got the whole Jellybean team together and we were like, hey, everyone, your task by the end of the next week is to come up with four titles for robots. And this is... <laughs> And I think I even made myself do this, despite the fact that I've been trying to do this for three years. And so we had this big, long list of possible names for robots, which is always a nice starting point, because even if you don't like any of these, then you can kind of bounce off them. While I was staying with my friend and co-designer, Alex, we set up for an evening and Brainstorm Games. I reached out to my Melbourne game group and we bounced ideas around. Just trying to come up with a name for robots that isn't robots.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'm not super happy with the names that I suggested, so I'm <laughs> glad that we're doing this so I can redeem myself.
0: We'll anonymize all of them. We won't say who in the Jellyfin team came out with which names.
1: Perfect. Then the four best ones were mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting because you said it's not very thematic, and I wouldn't say that. I would say like In terms of worker placement, the basic concept, people can grok, but you're right, that part isn't thematic. But the idea of this overseer coming and crushing these robots and sort of building up your worker pool to be able to overtake the robot, I think that is very thematic, you know?
0: Yeah, that's true. That's why it became robots, actually, because one of the things that you do is crush things into cubes. And if you did that as animals or people, then people would probably get upset about that. But with robots, it's okay. (laughs) You can crush robots into cube and no one feels bad.
1: And not only that, that's perfectly the Mac. That's exactly what you do with old <laughs> robots that you've already used, right?
0: So how do you want to do this, AJ? Shall we just go through some of the suggestions?
1: Yeah, let, let's sort of wet our whistle a little bit and talk about the ideas that we've started with. And actually, you know, let's start off with just talking about general tone that you want to have in the game, because we've already talked about how the game mechanics work. So let's talk about the tone and then let's go through the examples that we already have and see how far off they are from what you were thinking.
0: That's a really good idea. So something like Village Pillage, I would say, is way down the light end of tone. Like it's down there with Munchkin, maybe a little less light than Munchkin, but it's a very silly light theme where it's meant to be fun, and the game mechanics reflect that. It's a lot of like, haha moments. Whereas right down the other end would be something like Food Chain Magnate, which is a very cutthroat, dry, mean, slow-paced not that there's no surprises, but generally speaking, it's not like every round's an adventure. You know, you're not you're not drawing random cards from a deck and being like, whoa, it's the crazy party card. It's very, I don't want to say flat because Food Chain Magnate happens to have a lot of spikes in it, but it's very heavy as as opposed to light. So that I, that I would say is the scale. Now, Food Chain Magnate is interesting because it's a very heavy game that has a lot of jokes in the rule book. So it's not to say that a heavy game can't have jokes, but something like Munchkin, obviously every card is a joke and, and there's jokes pep it all throughout it and and the whole point of the game is to get to it and have fun robots i would say is closer to the heavy end of the scale in terms of mechanics it's very strategic as a game you kind of start going and you come up with a plan and, and you go through it and you know you have to adjust as you go but it's not a game where you're just constantly flipping cards and being like aha gotcha it's you building your own little system and working around other people and it's not a take that game it's a strategy game but having said that it's not a super super heavy game either so we're using my favorite web cartoonist uh, anthony clark who also goes by Nedroid. he's doing the art for this and he's already started putting out in the channel and it's this delightful like energetic art i would say how would you describe the art that you've seen so far
1: it's a good question it's not quite like village pillage sort of silly but it's definitely very cartoony it's playful in in the same way that food chain magnet is actually now that i think about it. because food chain magnet like you say has jokes in the rule book and if you look at the art it's very like playfully reminiscing about like uh
0: the 50s fast food culture
1: Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of the ideas that are in the game are also like a little bit playful. Like you're the first person to throw out food. Well, great. You just invented a way to store food to avoid that (laughs) next time. Like, kind of thematic, but it's, like, mostly just, like, a a playful thing there.
0: Uh, Let's use an example like Lizboa as an example of a game that is very dry (laughs) and very serious and has very few jokes. So maybe that's one end of the scale, and then Munchkin or Cards Against Humanity is Exploding Kittens. Exploding Kittens, yeah, perfect example. (laughs) So Exploding Kittens are one end of the scale, Lizboa at the other end. I would say that Robots is maybe two-thirds of the way along that scale.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I'm just trying to think of another game that fits not exactly that artistic style, but that's sort of a tone. You know what, funny enough, Secret Hitler kind of?
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Obviously that's more pointed than this is. This is this is less yes. political and more just uh, light but heavy.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to think if Galaxy Trucker and Space Alert, they're in kind of the right tone. They're like a little bit more silly than we're going for here, but they also are very good games, firstly, two of my favorite games, but they do have jokes and they do have, like, inbuilt joke mechanisms while being relatively heavy games.
1: Right. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a probably a pretty good, uh, pretty close fit. Oh, you know what? Um, have you played Wonderland's War? No, I
0: haven't. That's by Druid City Games, right?
1: Yeah, I think that one would be pretty close because that one's still, like, uh, Alice in Wonderland cartoony and, like, they definitely have, like, some playful jokes and mechanics in there, but the art isn't, like, super over the top disney style you know it's it's not as goofy as like the parade art you know a little more grounded
0: dungeon pets and dungeon lords also by Vlad vladysvartal that's kind of the exact point that i'm trying to hit i think so the other bad thing about robots is that not only is it generic mechanically and thematically and tonally so three strikes (laughs) against it it's also like who wants to google robots and try to find it
1: yes searchability is a huge huge point in the title
0: village pillage used to be a great title for searchability and then a minecraft update came out called village and pillage with an ampersand and made it impossible to find village pillage in the search results suddenly (laughs) oh no so we have an idea of tone we have an idea of mechanics and in terms of what i wanted to convey thematically the key thing and this is perhaps obvious from what the working title is is robots like everything in the game as you mentioned it's not a thematic it is very, mechanically, it's very strongly themed about robots. Everything ties back into robots and everything is robots upon robots upon robots. So I really want the title to reflect that and kind of be like, yes, this is a game about robots. This is what you are going to get.
1: But you also want to have like the revolutionary, the fact that you're against the Overseer, right?
0: That would be nice. That is a secondary priority if, if anything is thematically weak in this game it's that like you, you don't necessarily feel like you're overthrowing a rebellion because you're playing a Euro. you know it's, it's not a game of, of fighting
1: yeah you don't want it to feel like it's a revolution or like a riot because we're you know maybe, maybe we, we can work that in but we want to be careful to not make it sound yeah. too aggressive
0: you don't want to make people think i'm sitting down to play a revolution game oh it's a Euro.
1: i just had an idea manufactured discontent
0: oh yeah uh put put on the list we'll, we'll discuss it um I just realized the games that most closely match the tone I'm going for, which is the North Sea trilogy and then later the West Kingdom trilogy. Yeah, good choice. That's exactly the kind of game that Robots is. It's spot on. So let's go through some of the ones that we have with those factors in mind.
1: How would you rate Rebellion?
0: I like Rebellion. I think that it's got a good mouthfeel. That's sort of what I meant by catchiness too, mouthfeel. The Lady and the Tiger has a better mouthfeel than the Lady or the Tiger. Rebellion, I think, has a really nice mouthfeel. It's kind of punny, like... You're not going to play a game called Rebellion and be like, ah, yes, a very serious dry game for people who don't like fun. It's got a light quality to it because it is a portmanteau. It is a combination of two words. So I like Rebellion. I would give that a 4 out of 5 on tone and a 3.5 on mechanics.
1: All right. Loose cogs. Loose cogs, I
0: like less. Because it sounds kind of wacky to me. Like, I don't know, Loose Cogs, I expect to have a dexterity element or like, well, oh, it's a Nutty Professor sequel. Like that's the kind of tone I get from that. So Loose Cogs doesn't quite work for me.
1: Rebellion, but with threes instead of Es.
0: So this is actually a really interesting point. The art of this is interesting because it's kind of, Future armory kind of inspired robots. So it, it it's less iRobot kind of dystopian future. I mean, I guess it could be a dystopian future, but it's more like just robot society. And as part of that, we mentioned that there are four different types of robots. The art, especially, like the old ones have these very clear cogs. And even the newest ones are more like Eve from Wally than they are like AI. So this is more about robots as individuals than it is about the concept of artificial intelligence. So anything that goes to program I don't think quite works so I would give that a I'd give that a two out of five I'm just gonna I'm just gonna switch to a single number I'd give that a two out of five
1: sounds good reduce reuse rebel ah this one's
0: fun and it, it's fun for a few reasons one is that it, it plays on a thing that you know but in a punny kind of way and so that gives you that sense of fun that you want in, in a title it sort of starts to explain the mechanics which is something you flagged very long as important so I, I like this one a lot but the mouthfeel for it is not quite right. So we mentioned earlier that like it needs to be searchable as well as that you need to be able to remember it. There are so many games where I'm like, oh yeah, I played this game. God, it was something like the Adventures of Dr. Donaldson or something like that. And this specific combination of words just doesn't stick in your head. So even though you said this a second ago, Reduce Recycle Robot, like I, I couldn't tell you what that title is despite having just heard it. <laughs> so right. I would unfortunately give that one a, a 2.5 out of 5.
1: Crush the Rebellion
0: ah this one's cute i like this one because the pun really illustrates the fact that the robots are getting turned into cubes like they're being crushed in cubes the downside that everyone pointed out is that it sounds like you're going to be playing this like intense fighting game and i think it's what made me really be like okay we've got to dial back how much the rebellion is the second issue with it is that it just puts you in the wrong perspective like you are not the one who is crushing the rebellion you are the one who's being crushed so you you know it'd be like calling terraforming Mars being terraformed by humans it's like well that's you're not you're not as the player you're not doing that what's your thoughts on some of these
1: crush the rebellion i think has the exact problem that you just mentioned i quite like it except that you're right it's the opposite i think that's the only thing that i really have an issue with for it reduce reuse rebel i agree with what you said as well I, i think you could replace a lot of those words with other similar words And it would just be as equally unmemorable and everything, even though it is, like you said, a very cute and tonally accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that one was was one of my favorites uh, when we were bouncing them back and forth, for sure. Uh, Next one was the last runner up for the name, and that was Robotopia.
0: So Robotopia is currently my favorite. I just don't think that we have anything better than Robotopia. I like it for two reasons. One is that it really suggests this entire society made of robots, which is not vital, but when the when the game is about robots interacting with robots to create robots for robots, Robotopia just gives you the sense of like, ah, yes, it's all robots all the time. So I like that. Secondly, it has a great mouthfeel. Robotopia. Ah. It's, it's pleasant to say, I think it's memorable. Weirdly searchable, like I Googled it, and there's just nothing else out there called that. So I think that's often a good sign when you're like, well, someone must have used this title and no one has. I'm like, okay, that, that's a title you should probably try to grab. So this this is my favorite. This is a, this is like a 4.5 out of five for me, which is not to say like it's the perfect title, but it's I think the best one that we've had. The downside of it is that it suggests a city builder game. And this game is many things, but it's definitely, definitely not a city builder game. It's in fact based entirely in a factory. So. I think the strengths are enough to overcome that weakness, but that is undeniably a weakness of this title.
1: Yeah, it's tough, because finding a term that talks about the manufacturing side of things, like, really, we'd love it to have the crushing the robots, we'd love to have it be the manufacturing of new robots, that whole life cycle of it is something that I've had in mind as something to try and get going, you know? Rather than the circle of life, you know, like, honestly, I hate to say it, I think you're right, I think it's currently the front runner. I don't like it as much as you do, but I agree. It the problems with it are way less than the other ones. I think it we have we've, we've touched on this before the podcast recording, but um, Robotopia, the topia part sort of implies either a dystopia or a utopia, and typically when you had an opia to the end of things, it means utopia. That's that's where my mind immediately goes anyway.
0: A few people have said that, and I think it's because it's Valtopia, so utopia is obviously you is a vowel. And so Robotopia sounds more like Utopia. Whereas for me, I always think of dystopia first, but with this word, it does give you that like Utopia feel.
1: Maybe that's just like a, a pessimist, like glass half full kind of thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think those are the front runners that we were working with before. I think you've got a, a bigger list besides the ones that we floated as a team. Do you wanna go through any of the other ones?
0: Yeah, so here, here's two or three that also kind of made it the shortlist for me. Doomed droids, d o o m e d. Doomed droids.
1: Yeah, I think that one gets the tone right, but to me, it's just another one of those super forgettable ones. And I think that, like the the cute sort of not quite wordplay, but the the pleasingness of that title, it's okay, but it doesn't fit as well as Village Pillage does for that game. Out of five, I, I would give it a three.
0: The two downsides to it that you haven't flagged is one. For me, it just reads like a co op. I'm like, oh, we're playing a co op where we're doomed droids and we're trying to survive. I don't know. There's something about it that screams co op to me. And secondly, more importantly, is that droids is a trademark of LucasArts, now Disney. So you don't want to
1: mess with trademarks. Huh. I didn't even know that.
0: In with crew the Jellybean sitcom that released about a month ago, it mentions droid in the dialogue, and a few people were like, ah, are you sure you're allowed to say droid? Yeah, you can say whatever you like in dialogue. You could say McDonald's in dialogue, which is definitely a trademark. It's when you start naming things after trademarks that you run into potential issues. I think this one would actually legally be okay, but also to prove that you'd have to go up against Disney. So probably just safer (laughs) to avoid entirely.
1: Especially because they're not known for taking it easy on (laughs) their trademarks or copyright, whatever. So one I was just thinking about, how about manufactured discontent?
0: So firstly, I I don't hate it. I think it's got a I think, I think the biggest thing against it is that it has a, a very unpleasant mouthfeel. Manufactured discontent mm. is a lot of gymnastics for your tongue to do to get through that. It almost matches the tone. It's like one notch off the tone. For me, that would be the title of an art game about working at a factory as a human. Less so, like there's nothing robot about it. That's the big issue. Is that like, yes, the art will give you that um, but the combination of, of the mouthfeel and the lack of robots in it for me makes that about a three out of five. So not terrible, but also not amazing. So here's another one from the shortlist, The Mechanical Revolution.
1: I realize I'm talking about, like, co cities and stuff, but I, I apologize we're, we're Venus here. I think that is, like, the most boring, forgettable name <laughs> I've heard in a long time. I would give that a one out of five.
0: See, I almost like it. I like it because it's playing off the Industrial Revolution, etc., and the game is about a revolution... Uh, except it's mechanical revolutions, robots rebelling. So I like that it tells a little story.
1: Sorry, I, I, it was so it was so boring. I already forgot it. I'm not kidding. What was it again?
0: The mechanical revolution.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I, one out of five.
0: <laughs> the thing that I don't like about it is the tone. It suggests a very like yeah. somber, serious game, which it needs some fun to it. And secondly, there is nothing that explicitly says revolution. So like what about the robotic revolution for example to riff off that
1: i want to be careful when we use terms like revolution so to me if i heard the robot revolution i'm thinking sci-fi robot battles i'm thinking like star wars yeah terminator i think that's missing the mark on multiple axes for me
0: yeah this is a bad thing to have in a title but one thing i like about it is that there is a bonus joke once you've played the game <laughs> So this is obviously the trouble with Shawshank Redemption. Great movie, terrible title, because anyone going into it was like the Shawshank... What is this combination of words? Once you see it, you're like, oh, we went to this prison that's called Shawshank and he was redeemed. But going in, you're like, ah, oh, the Shawshank Redemption. That's a film about... Question mark, question mark, question mark. So in the game, Working Title Robots, the master robot is constantly revolving around the board. So that, that's the kind of bonus pun I like it, is that it, it builds in that revolution in a literal, like rotation sense uh but other than that i don't think it works
1: i think that the surprise you with the title thing can be done pretty well i don't know if you've seen the movie catfish but that one i don't know why but catfish just feels like a striking title like what's what's the deal with that? it's
0: It's intriguing
1: yeah and when they finally hit you with that it's like oh man i am not ever gonna forget this title (laughs) and And then obviously
0: that went on to become like nowadays everyone is like catfish why did they put a spoiler in the title no <laughs> no it wasn't a spoiler when that film came out that's how that's how impactful it was mm-hmm.
1: if you don't know that term by the way just go watch the movie catfish whatever you do do not read a synopsis <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it's very good to go in blind which i did uh, many years ago very fun mm-hmm. Same. Uh, rise against the machine
1: obviously rage against the machine pun there kind of cute. Not um, even
0: pun, just like very faintly riffing on it, which I like. I, I kind of like that yeah. about it. It gives it like, oh yeah, you did a thing with like, there's a bit an element of fun to it.
1: Yeah. I think that is the level of tone that we want, right? Like a slight bit of playfulness. So it's not too much there in terms of the um, fits in with, with the mechanics. Uh, it does fit. It's definitely like the idea of the game. But I feel like when people read that, they're just not going to get the picture of what this game is. Again, I'm just not picking up like worker placement euro from these titles. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I think it's exactly the same issue you had with the revolution titles is that it suggests battles. So this is not a game of of battling at all. The way that you take over the factory in the end is by influencing the guilds. It's a statement on politics. This last one is probably my second favorite out of all of them. But it also fundamentally doesn't work this is this is the level we're at we're like we want to name this game something my first favorite has problems but i like it my second favorite we can't use <laughs> this is why robotopia is the current winner so my second favorite is the robot factory
1: wow talk about boring titles uh, i would like to know what you like about this one
0: so for me if we could come up with a topia suffix that suggested factory that would be the winner if there was a suffix like topia that said factory robo whatever that suffix is as long as it sounded good that would clearly be the winner because it's about a robot factory so I, I i like the literalness of it i have no issue with literal titles terraforming mars
1: sure but like terra terraforming mars is like a powerful statement like that's a thing that's like our whole planet is like excited at, at the possibility of to me the equivalent is like instead of calling blood rage blood rage you call it vikings <laughs> you know like <laughs> i mean I, I guess or like something like that you know what i mean
0: so what about something like uh, Floor Plan? Um, which is yeah, like... I think
1: Floor Plan is a terrible title. I think that's super oh, really? boring. Oh,
0: I like Floor Plan a lot. Uh, so this, this might just be a difference of opinion thing. So what mm-hmm. about something like Take Over the Robot Factory or Reclaim the Robot Factory? Reclaim is good, actually, because it, it suggests that recycling thing that we were talking about earlier.
1: So I think that sentences can be done really, really well. Yes. I haven't suggested one because I haven't had one pop in. I think probably the direction we want to go in because there's so much we want to convey and a sentence can convey a lot, right? Some of really good titles that include that would be, and then they held hands, like, yeah. ooh, that just gives me chills.
0: A few acres of snow is another one. It's it's a, a short sentence, oh, but yeah. it's a great little title.
1: One of my all-time favorites, An Infamous Traffic.
0: Oh, yes, yes.
1: That one doesn't tell you exactly what's going on there. But, like, you know what traffic is, and in this case, the infamous traffic was the drug trade. And as soon as you hear that, it connects immediately, and you understand. So even though the title doesn't... I 100% thought that game, up until this moment, I thought that was about slave trafficking. <laughs> right, and, and it very well uh, could have been. But, like, now that I said that, it's like, oh, yeah, it's the it's the drug trade trafficking the drugs back and forth, right? Like, the first time I heard that, I thought it could be about the sex uh, sex trafficking, Right. right. But either way, like it doesn't have to tell me exactly what it is. It's just telling me this game is going to have a dark theme, and it's going to have, and it's going to be like a heavy, powerful experience. And
0: it's going to have a theme that most board games don't. No matter how you interpret it, it's like, oh, this is about something that you don't normally play a game about. Like that—that's a hook. That's a thematic hook in the
1: title. Mm-hmm. And like I said, anytime you can leave a question that the audience member wants an answer for. That's really good because then they're going to pick up the box, take a look at the back and see what it's about. Yeah,
0: the Lady and the Tiger is almost a sentence, uh, <laughs> almost a sentence mm-hmm. title. I have a game coming out from Pentasaurus very soon, which had similar problems. I actually developed a design at the exact same time as this one. So I had two games going at once, two of my favorite games of all time, two of my favorite designs that I've ever made, both really strong thematically, both really strong mechanically. Neither of them I come up with titles for. It's a two-player abstract time travel game where you are basically competing to see who invented time travel through using time travel to like wipe the other one out so you can be the true inventor of time travel. So there's a whole bunch of theme going there. The mechanics match with it really nicely. It works really well. They've done an amazing job with the art. Oh my God, this game looks good. And I didn't have a title for it. So for a long time, I was calling it The Time Travel Abstract. That was the working title. Eventually, I came up with a working title that I liked, but I knew wouldn't make it, which was Time Travel, a Legacy Game or Legacy, a Time Travel Game. And the full title had the awe. And because it is a campaign game where you, you know, play it over multiple sessions. I thought that was a killer title, but for obvious reasons we can do it, especially because it's not a true legacy game. It is a campaign game, but I thought that was very fun. Do you know what that game's finally called?
1: That Time You Killed Me, and that oh. is an A-plus title.
0: That was like three people working on that for months on end. Uh, Jeff eventually came up with that. We had so many stuff that was really close to it. But yeah, That Time You Killed Me, it's got time in the title. It's, it suggests the humor of the game. It just absolutely knocked that one out of the park. So if we come up with a sentence title for robots, I wouldn't be close to it. I think I'd prefer a short title though. I think a sentence title is not going to be right for this game because it's a classic Euro and classic Euros have those single word or very short titles like Istanbul. Right. or So Robotopia kind of, I don't mind for that in that sense because Istanbul is not about building the city of Istanbul. It's just a Euro set in a city. And you know, you can name it, you name dozens and dozens of different city name Euros that are not about building the city. That's just where they're set. In this case, it's set in the city of Robotopia.
1: Yeah, something like i'm just thinking about this like if you have a short title that's good for something that's very striking you know something that's like a very powerful word or two to really like hit you hard and grab your attention the factory just like something that's like really cold and short but then that doesn't really give it across the tone properly you know
0: dry raiders of the north sea i mentioned earlier as a game title i really like oh that's quite tonally similar and even though that, that, that's probably less of a lighthearted theme, the art really is, is what sells it. But Razor, they'll see this. Yeah, there's just a nice rhythm to it. Robots of the Robot Factory.
1: I feel like I need to be romanced a little more. I feel like all of these are just a little too direct, you know? Yeah.
0: What, what's your thoughts on Robotopia? For me, sorry, I'm going to I'm going to ask you a question and immediately interrupt you. For me, the, the thing that it most has going for it is mouthfeel. That just is so pleasant to say. And searchability is, is second.
1: What do you think about it? It's a nice, clean title. And it does a lot of what we want. For me, I just, I feel like it's it's too misleading. It pushes people into directions that the game isn't. It's not so severe that we couldn't print it like that. But it's significant enough that I really want to find something better. Like as soon as you said that was the frontrunner, I thought of it and I, I begrudgingly agree. <laughs> i'm in the same boat just slightly less
0: begrudging i'm like i would be perfectly happy to publish the game with that title i think it's a fun title i think it's good i don't think it's village pillage but i like it and it's one of those things where if if the game took off and i I don't know if it will i don't know if it's quite right for the market etc and you know no one nobody knows anything but if it did take off then people wouldn't care anymore like once the game is successful the name is almost irrelevant it's just the name is what helps get it successful or in some cases hinders it uh the game is the worst game title of all time it's horrendous it's impossible to google up there is also a game by a friend of mine which i I quite like the game and the friend uh empires you cannot (laughs) find even if you know the title of the game you still can't find it on board game geek you have to know some other element of it so i don't think it falls into any of those traps i I definitely don't think it's a bad name but it's not perfect
1: yeah I'm, I'm, i'm gonna take this seriously as like the the current number one spot and see see uh if i can poke more holes into it or if i will end up coming around to it i think people are going to expect something more around the society. Maybe, could we reframe the game slightly to work better with the title, I wonder? No, I've
0: been considering that. I've not been commissioning more art other than the four types of workers until we had a title lockdown. By the way, we're going to do by the end of this podcast because if we go with Robotopia and we decide, look, it needs to be a city, then hey, maybe the factory that the whole game is set in can be a city. And maybe it's about overtaking the city. And maybe it's a combination city factory where instead of each spot being just a section of the factory, it's a city block, something like that. Like there's certainly options Because nothing is locked down artistically yet. Okay, what if we went with a North Sea kind of approach and said, like, the factory of Robotopia? Like, that's obviously a bad example, but something where Robotopia was the setting and this game takes place in the factory. Robotopia colon factory workers. You know, leave the door open for sequels.
1: I have a strong dislike for the first game in a series having a colon. I think that, one, it makes it much more... in an unpleasant way, having a semicolon and a subtitle. And I think that it can make it more annoying to search, even though it's easier to find with more... Well, you you have to remember all the bits. It's
0: it's the same problem that we had with reduce, reuse, rebellion. Because, yeah, there's more to Google, but you have to remember all those things to Google. Exactly. The pleasant mouthfeel of Robotopia makes it really bad to have other words attached to it. Like, it's good as a standalone. Robotopia feels good to say by itself. But as soon as you're like, the mayor of Robotopia, uh, you you lose the words
1: you lose the rhythm of the sentence yeah i mean i'm just trying to think if we can just go with robotopia and just frame it like the master robot is like the president of robotopia or whatever and so the whole civilization of robotopia is under the rule of this uh one robot i'm just trying to like figure out the scale that we could like put these workers at that would make sense that they are dealing with this person or this robot and seeing like just like slightly reframing it you know what about robotopia rebellion I like that better than all the other pairings we've had with revolution or rebellion, because I think the context of Robotopia sort of distances itself a little bit more than like, if, if you said robot revolution, that makes me think like battle droids or something. And when you say Robotopia revolution, that makes me think like... it's no, It no longer feels like it's humans against the machine. Yeah, exactly.
0: Rise against Robotopia. Uprising in
1: Robotopia. I think that's a better track i think that's closer okay i'm gonna gonna pull up power thesaurus this is this is how i do (laughs) because uprising is much less aggressive and what you're doing in the game is much less aggressive so i think that's if we can work uprising or something adjacent to uprising in there that could be good what
0: about robotopia
1: coup (laughs) it sounds like a sequel (laughs) to game coup unfortunately (laughs) i realized that as soon as i said it robotopia riot no i don't i don't like riot Mutiny. Mutiny is a good word, but doesn't match well with Robotopia. What do you think of uprising in Robotopia?
0: It's, it's just an unpleasant mouthfeel, I think.
1: Fair. What about Robotopia Rebels? It's not quite getting across the tone, but it's not super far off. Over th- <laughs> Overthrowtopia. <laughs> <laughs> <Over-throw-ro-topia>. <laughs> Overthrow Robotopia. Oh, Overthrow. Oh man, I can't even say it. Overthrow Robotopia. <laughs> what if we focus more on the robotic overseer like the um, master robot yeah the master robot the thing is uh you, you are the workers like i feel like the workers are the are the angle could we work the word worker in there because they are literally workers and yeah work, robotic workers in replacement worker working in robotopia it's a living <laughs> The final goal of the game is to overthrow the Master Robot. Yes. The
0: irony of it is that once you overthrow the Master Robot, you become the new Master Robot. It's a, it's a lesson about how we always become the thing we seek to destroy. It's a very downer ending. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I like to make downer games.
1: So maybe it's not about overthrowing so much as overtaking, like promoting promotion.
0: It's it's very like new boss,
1: as bad as the old boss
0: is is the is
1: the tone. All right, but you want to be the new boss. Yes. So, do we work promotion into the title, or like promotion to the title? <laughs> <laughs> looking at uh, synonyms for "surf,"
0: s e r f. Like, if "surf" didn't have such a medieval vibe, that would almost be a useful word here.
1: We could also do um, like putting the screws to them, or like one of those types of uh, slightly more playful. Maybe that's too far down down the playful by that. I'm thinking like the robot, or the master robot, like oppressing them in like a literal way, you know. <laughs>
0: What, we had uh, we had Crush, which works on two levels earlier, and the yeah. ch- the trouble. Crush was... is
1: really good. Worker is really
0: good. Can we can we somehow like combine Crush and RoboTopia?
1: Work and Worker was really good because it is a worker placement game. I I'd, I'd really like to see if we could get Worker and Crush into a title. Yeah. The weird thing is, you get to choose where the master robot moves. What's the what's the thematic tie in there? Uh, you're kind of like tempting him to a certain area. You're being like, hey, come over here. But you get the benefit from it.
0: Well, the idea is he just crushes them, and then just kind of like leaves them out, and you're like, ah, I'll oh, pick them up. Right, 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 right. So yeah, this is where I've been for months now. Just like long <laughs> pondering conversations, where at the end I'm like, yep, Robotopia is still the best title. okay I, I don't think you'll like this, <laughs> but it has it has a good mouthfeel to it, which nothing else has so far. Rebellion in Robotopia. It's not as good as Robotopia. That's the trouble. Like, it's not bad, <laughs> but Robotopia by itself is just flat out better.
1: <laughs> okay, so we can't work in Crushing Workers. I think, because we are getting to the end of that uh, designated time limit, I think that we go with Robotopia and we just try to reframe the game a little bit more to, to click with that. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, a
0: little. Well, I mean, the thing is, too, because
1: it, it's, you know, it's not based on a pre-existing IP. We can do whatever we like.
0: The idea mm-hmm. could be like this factory is the whole world. Like there, there is nothing beyond.
1: It's not a factory within a robot society. This factory is robot society. What if it's like the humans left these robots here and programmed them with um, self-learning AI and they just became a society in there and they don't realize that there's an outside the factory?
0: I think it's a little high concept for a... Uh, <laughs> Fairly standard euro. And obviously, you know, the book is not going to be like, this is the whole world. But there's stuff that you can do in the art direction. There's stuff that you can do in the theme that suggests that. So, for example, one of the cards was going to be someone opening a window to the factory and letting in a bunch of robots. And if we're trying to imply that this factory is the whole world, then there would be no window in which you could let robots, you know. So cutting cutting stuff like that and just being like, OK, this world is a big old robot factory. It's like, you know, the paperclip problem in artificial intelligence. Yeah. So the idea is uh, we invent AI that's self-learning and we say to it, hey, your job is to make paperclips. That's what we program you to do. And the AI is like, oh, I'm designed to make paperclips. In the same way as humans are you know, biologically programmed to eat, and have sex. You know, th- those, those are the core drives of humans. The core drive of this AI is to make paperclips. And so it goes, okay, well, I'll make paperclips. This is the only thing I care about. So first thing I'll do is, man, what if a human turned me off? I wouldn't be able to make paperclips then. So let's just kill all the humans. Cool. That's done. That'll let me focus more on making <laughs> paperclips. Okay. What do we got? We've got this whole planet and that this planet is essentially just paperclip material. So let's start, you know, Digging up, you know, let's create a bunch of robots that can dig up metal. And but, you know, in in ten thousand years, an alien civilization comes over and is like, "Is that planet just nothing but paper clips? Like, there's literally nothing on that entire planet except paper clips because the AI was just programmed for this one thing, and so it's so hyper focused on that that it uh, destroyed everything else." Mm. It's been much better expressed by other people. It's worth looking up and reading about. It's a fascinating little thought experiment. <laughs> oh yeah so we came in with Robotopia, and an hour later, <laughs> AJ, what's this game going to be called?
1: Robotopia.
0: (laughs) Which I like. That's the thing. I'm, I'm not disappointed by it. I'm not like, oh, we had to settle for that. I do quite like it and I'm excited for it to come out. So yeah, keep an eye out for in the Q3 this year, maybe Q4, coming to Kickstarter will be Robotopia by Coffee Bean Games.
1: It is very, very good. If you like worker placement games at all, I think that many other worker placement games are going to look at this or like designers are going to look at this and take away different things to implement into their own designs. I really, really think uh, it's a solid design in multiple different axes.
0: One way I sometimes approach games is like, what game is this a cover of? Not cover art as in like a musical cover. And this is me trying to make Istanbul basically, which is one of my favorite games of all time.
1: So this has been a very special bonus episode of Fun Problems. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, then let us know. Maybe we'll do more bonus content like this in the future. Behind the scenes, looking at actual games being made. Ooh! If you want to see how the sausage is really made, you can see these very unproductive hour-long conversations (laughs) between us. (laughs) Hopefully it's useful to see our thinking, even though
0: we did end up at the same place as we began. I think so. I think so. And if someone writes in with it with a title that's obviously perfect and you get it in time, we might rename the game to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe.
0: <laughs> so that's all for this episode. Anything else you want to add, Peter? Yes, actually, thanks for asking. I pulled up a quote. This is a tweet by Nicole kerner Stace. It says, "There's two speeds for coming up with a name for a book, story, character, etc. One, you already know it immediately in your soul. Two. Weeks after you finish with writing the thing, you realize you can't very well send it up full of placeholder brackets and tear strains, agonizing ensues. <laughs> Which I, I read this and I was like, oh yes, this is exactly it. You either have a title where as soon as you come up with the project, it's got a title and you're like, yep, well, that's never going to change because how could it? Or you have weeks and months and years of agonizing. That's all from us. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Bye. Bye guys. Thanks for joining us. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Fun Pod, or reach us via email at funproblemspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell a friend.